Hello there, and welcome to a Dungeons and Dragons role-playing podcast. My name is Stacy, and I'm the GM. Come with me and my good friend Mick. Join us in our weekly discussion about our campaign. Listen to our successes and failures while trying to flex our role-playing muscle. The funny bits, the dumb bits, and the all-around good time that comes with this great activity. The cast is From the Courts of Cush, a tiefling paladin named Akmenis. From the Spice Coast comes a human fighter named Odvik. An elderly knoll from Dabu, a Yamaja cleric of life, Oraki. From Parts Unknown, the Asmar warlock of the Starlight Court, Elbrum. Then there is Captain Deuteronomy's savior, the elf-marked wizard named Kalidus. And last, but not least, from across the Middle Sea is the human paladin named Kalin. The campaign setting is the Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using the Fantasy Grounds virtual tabletop. So that's the cast. That's the campaign. Now, good people, welcome to the show. In this episode, Elbrum and Akmenis stare into the dark abyss. Above, the Grey Company is unable to reseal the trapdoor. Tiny blood elementals dance about the three pillars. Tuscully tools and chitinous resin plates lay scattered about. Kalen collapses under the weight of repressed Tuscully tunnel memories. Humanoids, animals, trapped in a resin substance, chests exploded outwards. Could the shepherd boy Cade really be Tuscully? Time for a skill challenge. Can the Grey Company find their way back to the village of Neber without a guide, without water, without food? That first cold, sparkling desert night, as they huddle for warmth, a visitor arrives. Fatma, the Jinborn. She wants to speak with the man that glowed indigo, and those that entered the hole. Calidus, grumpy, goes back to bed. Fatma knows they carry Vrillstone, and questions if they're from Mardus Vulagai, the ancient Ankashel ruins far to the west. She also carries Vril. She had been called to this pool of blood. She knows the Kajani have migrated south. She suggests they visit the dominion of the Windlords. Will the Grey Company listen to her wisdom? Do you want to know more? Then sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. He and the sisters are in cahoots. Yeah, they're the bad guys. Why would the sisters be in cahoots with Kowal? Oh, this is the sand connection. You know, they're both sandy characters. They live oh, in the desert. That's okay. The, sand but you want a real <laughs> the sand connection? Like you want a real connection? Yeah. Come on, I'm. I'm. Everything I'm coming up with is really. I, really I, tenuous. I love, though, so at one point, Calidus was talking to her about his real stone, and he wants to know if she can teach him, and she's like, no, just because I can use something doesn't mean I know how to teach it. Yeah. 
And right. you, she's like, you need to go to the Dominion of the Windlords if you want to learn yeah, right. more about it. That's this. That's that's just rubbish. But she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can drive a car, but I can't teach you how to drive a car. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can it's use magic. a real stone, but I can't teach you how to use a real stone. It's the same thing. Yeah. Right. She can recharge her real stone. She knows that mine's going flat. Excuse me. Could I have a USB charger for my real stone? No, you can't have mine. I'm not going to let you. Yeah. When you look at it from the point of view of you being a wizard, you didn't become a wizard without study. Wizard means sorcerers can be sorcerers and manipulate magic because of their blood. It's just innate. Wizards cannot. Warlocks, they get their power from some, somebody who gives them the power. Otherwise, they have no power. Wizards study. They get power from study. So the only way you achieve power is through study. So absolutely... In order to learn how to use the Vril Stone, there could be a study element involved. It could be. And she's not someone who's going to teach it. No. Yeah. But yes, she did let yes. you know that your, your Vril Stone your she, she wakes is get, me up in the middle of the night and says, I'm not going to... Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. she wanted to know. She was asking you about your Vril Stone because yeah. she was like, what the hell? It's interesting, too, that in that exchange, I didn't think that I got a, a very good deal out of that. I, I thought... <laughs> That I thought that with the amount of information yeah. that she was given about the real stone, the black salt, and all of that kind of stuff, where it was found, there would be. And given that she wasn't hostile, again, and we go back to the the way that our party behaves, we're we're not a hostile party. We tend not to shoot first. In fact, I can't think of any instance where we've well, she, shot first. She, the first time and, she asked you about, are you guys from? This place. Which place? Marta's Vulagai. Oh, yeah. The, the, the land of the real stones. And the answer was no. Yeah, we're not. And so to me, why would she ask you that question? Because that's where the, the center of all this real stone stuff is. And she told and, you. And we are, what did she tell you about Marta's Vulagai? That's where you have to go to learn it. No. She said that in Marta's Vulagai, it's the goblins run that ancient ruin. Oh, okay. So Didn't you guys are not gar goblins, and she said you're you guys from Martyrs Vulagai. To me, there should be some questions that ought to come from that. At least that, in my mind, there should be some questions. I think I think I think this is one of the the things that's happening is that we we our attitude is to give information and to receive it, not to question, and and so that's part of how if you see the interactions that we do, that's how we approach it. So we will give you everything that we've got. And in exchange for that, we expect you to give us everything that you've got. And if you don't, if you don't, then except except, and we also don't, and we also look at it as that, having given you that information, you give us what you've got. We don't then question you because that would be seen to be rude, except, and, that, and that would be wrong. Except the thing is, you guys do get information, and whether or not you guys are drawing conclusions from it yep. or solving the social puzzle that's in front of you. That's up to you guys and how you retain and use that information. So you guys were given a lot. Yeah. What you guys do with it and how and, you understand and, it. And so when you. you look at this this interaction between us and her, it was, yeah, we will give you everything that we've got. And in exchange for that, we hope that you will give us everything that you know. And it seemed in this particular interaction, we didn't get a lot of information from her. And clearly she has a lot more that she should she could well, give. What does she know? Clearly she knows real. Yeah. But she was there because she was being called. She doesn't know why she's being called. 
you guys were the ones that went in the hole. So she was like, well, what did you guys see? Because she's like, I need to know. I'd like to know. Yeah, we saw nothing. Well, you guys did tell her that you encountered a Kajani. Yeah. And her response was? And? No, she gave you a response. These are, these are the things. These are clues. <laughs> Everything was clues. Whether or not you guys retain that, that's up to you guys. Hmm. Specifically because just as well, what she responded to you with about regarding the Kajani and when you guys mentioned the Kajani is very, very similar to something that I mentioned to Akmenis while after I sent you away from the channel. Something that he would know. We were talking about the encounter with Fatma and she had indicated when you guys had told her that the Kajani and she's like, ah, I thought the Kajani had all moved south. So she didn't see the relationship. And then, of course, Elbrum showed her the, the leaf on his wrist and was this brill related. And she's like, I've never heard of anything like this. I have no idea what this is about. And then, of course, Elbrum mentioned to her about the Fae presence. And she's like, Fae, there's Fae down there. She's like, well, how do you know that there was Fae? And then he's like, well, Sil told me. And, and then he introduced Sil. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, all right. That, that would make sense. But why the hell would there be Fae down there? So she d doesn't know why there's Faye down there. So the only thing she knows is that very clearly you had been going indigo. And she's like, she knew that this would be related to Vril. So she wanted to know, okay, well, how the hell do you have Vril? And so she was like, well, you must be from Marta's Gulagai. And I think that she knew that there's some Vril stone down there or something as well. No, she yeah, doesn't know she... why. She has oh, no idea she why. Mentioned she, she's, on. she mentioned that she's been called. Mm. And it was via the Vril that she has, and she's got a bracelet, bracelet of Vril. Yep. And she doesn't know what's going on, and, and she wants to know what's going on. And she mentioned that she's been traveling the Sarkland Desert, and you guys asked her some questions, and she mentioned that you know she's seen Tuscalibo. She's seen them in, in raiding parties of three to five, usually mm -hmm. with a, one larger and a bunch of small ones, or in swarms of a couple hundred. That's the only thing she's indicated about what she knows about the Tuscali and why they were there. I mean, she didn't know. And she had no the, idea what they were doing with the pillars. And then she, she just, did think that they were trying to disable a trap. Only, she said, only after you guys actually yeah, triggered the trap. Then the she was just like, oh, God, maybe they were trying to disable it. Because she, she watched what you guys did. Mm. Which would be, be strange, wouldn't it? Because it's not part of the game, is it? So we shouldn't go even in the first place. No, go ahead. Well, the Tuscalia disabling a trap, yet they can burrow underground. Why would they bother? So the question is, here, here's the thing, is she explained what she saw. Mm. And she mentioned that the plate at the top and the plate at the bottom. And what were they trying to do with the plate in the top and bottom? Well, you knew that the thing got filled with blood and, and then, then it released through the, the top. The rain. Yep. And then it formed into a blood elemental. So were they disabling it or were they doing something else? That's one thing. So you knew that by turning the dial, the blood went into the pillars, and then it came out as a blood elemental. That's what you guys knew. She observes them doing stuff. You guys observe the tools and whatnot. What conclusions do you draw from that? What were they doing? And again, it comes down to, well, why the hell were the Tuscali there? And what made them come there? And the other thing is that Kahim Waset's there as well. And Kahim Waset was... So that's right. So she, you guys were like, hey, wait a minute. I was looking through your eyes. And she goes, yes, and I looked through your eyes and I saw all of you guys. And that was interesting because the way that she put that out there is that was not intended. So you've got this issue of 
you know, I can see through what her concept? and she can see through me. Why? Yeah. And, and then Cam you asked her, who is Cain Wasset? And she's like, who the no hell is Cain Wasset? Yeah. And you're like, the person you were looking at, oh, is that his name? Hmm. She has no idea who he is. But she did say, yes, he was clearly, clearly watching you guys. Yeah. Interesting now that everybody's watching us and we have no idea where it's coming from. Yep. Why is, why is that happening? What's going on? That was funny. Your voice just went topped. topped. Yeah, I wonder why it, that happened. No. Yeah, yeah, just topped it again. But, uh, I, um, That's okay. <laughs> nothing related to the podcast. Nothing related to the podcast. Are we going to <laughs> but find out no, this I'm, I'm so curious a... why the hell did that just happen? <laughs> yeah, it's frequency. That's the gate. The frequency? There's a yeah, gate there? That's the gate there. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought that would happen. Okay. I guess I'd lower so, the gate. Well, I, and I think is I put the, I put no. the gate. Yeah, there yep. you go. It is. Yeah. Yep. And I put the gate up because I I was trying to there's, avoid there's the bleed from me yeah. as well as. But there's two different types. There's a you can have a frequency cutoff where it'll cut off the highs. Yep. And you Compressor. can have a gate that will top the will, will um, just chop it out when the yep. volume's too low. Well, and that's right. Chop it out when the volume's too low, as well as trying to clip out. Yeah. <sighs> really bad. Yeah. Okay, we'll go back and do that again. So we yeah. have no idea why these people are looking at us. He's following us. Okay, he's yep. following us. Well, and she wasn't following you. Okay. At all. No, no, you're right. She was there and she saw us. Yeah. Uh, and he's following us. And then you guys left and she and so, needed to know what you guys saw. She needed to know. She needed information because it, it affected. And of course, you guys were like, well, come with us. And she's like, no, I'm going to stay here. Because, well, A, if there are, the Scully come back, they can't go in there until I know what's in there. But I will yeah. guard this place for, the, what did we say, five or seven five days? days? She's going to stay yeah. there for five days and we're going to meet her. Supposedly. Five days later. Famous last words. Because, which, and it's a, it'll be two interesting. Day travel, to... It's two day travel there and back. So yeah. we have one day to get back to town, get re equipped, <laughs> yeah. hopefully buy ourselves an army. And it's interesting that one of the other guys came up with a, the idea of buying an army. We talked about yeah. this. Yeah. And, of of and other yes, players, though, other not players. of hirelings. And I was just like, well, that's, that actually is interesting. Yeah. So you think, oh, okay. We're all yeah. a bit on the same plane there. So we're yes. going to hire other players and then we will stand and observe as five other players show up. Well, did he say players? I thought he, I, I, I took it as being uh, just a bunch of hirelings. Hirelings, yeah. That's, that's what I, yeah. I, that's why I understood and, first. And, and I said, I can't. You mean hirelings? Yeah. And you're like, no, no, other players. And, Yes, it's a it's a great conceptual idea, but given that the town's been wiped out, yeah, got Buckley's chance of that one flying. So that's never going to happen. But anyway, we'll go back, we'll re-equip, and, and and of course we we actually, when you look at where we are now and what we know, we have a source of water, we have a source. Did we get a source of food? Did Iraqi come up with a source of food? No, at that Just point water. you guys had found water. You still had enough rations that would get yeah. you back, yeah. and Iraqi uh, was able to. So, and we now, and and having having sorted out the water issue, that that sort of keeps us alive through whatever desert we come across, because everyone knows now what the tree looks like that gives you water. So as long as we can find one of those, we're okay. We just need to be able to survive the night, and have enough food to eat. And if we can come up with a way of finding food in the desert, then then we could actually do and this. The thing is, but I think we need to go back and. Oraki's nomad or desert runner ability gives her this nomadic trait. The nomadic trait allows her to consume half of the water you guys consume in the desert, mm. as well as the heat of the desert sun does not affect her. Yeah. So she's suited for that. That just means 
when it comes out to constitution checks and stuff like that, she doesn't have a problem except at night. Whereas you guys are, have to have that stuff during the day. And so we have a night problem as well. Now there is rangers who have an ability that if they are, if they say that I am a, a ranger who specializes in desert terrain, then they can readily walk through the desert and they can find water and food for you mm. for the entire group or up to, up to five people. I think. I don't think we have, do we have one of those? Nope. No, no we don't. ranger. No, no rogue. Yeah. You've got two paladins. Yeah. A fighter. Yeah. Just like we need two a wizard, paladins. A yeah. warlock yeah. and a cleric. Yeah. So anyway, we, we were there with Fatma and we said we'd come back. Calidus thought he'd toss one in. Yep. And yes, Calidus was absolutely adamant about teach me how to use the real stone. And she was like, he said, you got to go to the Dominion of the Windlords if that's what you wanted to do. So part of, uh, and, and in keeping with our, our principle of trying to toss the GM, he gave away the real stone. Oh, yes. And you... not a single person even commented on it. You gave Absolutely the real stone to her. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. That's, yeah. wait, wait a minute. Now, she said you're attuned to it. It doesn't, yes, it doesn't just be a rock me, for me. But, do, and, and, but did you still give it to her? Because you yeah, said, I yes, I would, and I'll come back for it. Yeah. That's right. Yes, because yeah. we put it in the party sheet. That's right. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I didn't put it in the party sheet. I just made a note online, so it's gone into that. Uh, pile of things that I own that other people have. Calidus gave away the real stone. What is that going to mean? The one thing I did not think the Calidus would ever do. Ah, well, again, it, it, it becomes part of the building trust. So the, we do this in order to get allies, and we want the allies to give us information. And I would love to see what happens when you guys get back to the village. Do you do go back to try to the to the area and help her out or does something else come and distract us well again we do know that we have to focus on what it is that we're doing so we will make that decision when we get back there and we will either decide to go back to town and tell them or we will be put upon to do something else that's crazy i have a feeling and let's face it last week i said we will just run away from this place but we didn't we went down the hole i have a feeling that we would go back to the pallet court. We will we'll not go back down the hole again. We will complete this mission that we're set. And no matter how tempting mm. the issue is that happens when we get back to town. So you've basically, so from that, that point of view, what, you've given away your real stone forever. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. These things, look, again, the point that she made, and there were, there's some rational stuff behind that. It's almost dead. It's, got a couple more charges in it that's fine i can't control it and she can't teach me and if she can't teach me then you can turn around and say well if she can't teach me and the only place you can find out is you know 700 miles away then we're never going to get there anyway so learning how to use it and firing it off at random really there's no upside to it if i get lucky it helps us if i get unlucky we all end up falling asleep we've done that once before here's the thing though in fact, when you guys were blurting out ideas, one of the things Kalos was like, well, who cares? Shouldn't we go back? The bigger problem is, is what's going on per Bastet and the Council of Sand and, and the Vizier Panishar. Something going on there. Shouldn't we focus on this? This is the bigger story. And I, well, I'm not suggesting that we should focus on that, but it is one of the other yeah, lunatic ideas out there, yeah. 
And I, I mean, it's funny that the other guys, they, I don't know, they, they didn't seem like they were all for it. But uh. this is, again, this is your, this is Calidus's perception of what might be an important element. Whether or not it's important is to be said. Yeah. I mean, it could very I, I well be it, I think that going Calidus to the is... Dominion of the Winds Lords is exactly where you need to be. And I'm not, that's one point I'm not going to say. Yeah, I think from Calidus's point of view, the council is the, in the back of his mind, that's a bigger issue than anything else. If, if, if that unravels, the government falls, and then the Toscali invasion just becomes a walkover. So he, he sees it from that point of view. In terms of all of the other things that he puts out there, they're grounding for him they're so that he doesn't lock into a particular way of thinking. And again, being he's got a very high intelligence, so he thinks about stuff a lot and, and he doesn't accept just a, a simple proposition. And here's the other thing too. You guys will have effectively at this moment, getting back to Perbast, that you will have been gone for... Way longer than we should have. I don't know, five or six days. I can't remember yeah. what it would be. Certainly six days. Sero had said to you guys, you know, come back, come up to the district of the lioness and I'll have a contract so that you guys can go deal yeah. with Hazi because yeah. uh, we would definitely need this to be under the table because of X, Y, and Z related to the fact that Anuasir is outside of the Pervastet's yeah. police. Yeah. And also he's concerned, but what his, the leader of the GFA is going to want to have happen he, he indicated that you got to replace Hazi. So there's that. What's going to happen with there? Because somehow Anwasir is related to Cobal and what's going on with Cobal. Yeah. What the hell is he doing? And on my list of things that are important, there's probably a half a dozen that fit right into that category of if we, if we don't take on any more challenges and go straight back to Purbastet, we'll be busy for weeks to come. Well, what's going on in... Linnaeus, like why is Srodus the GFA's president? Why does she care about Anuasir? Yeah. And you've got your... We've got the council. We've got the prowling sanctuary issue. The Kajani moved the, to the, the south? The, 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 not even knows, on the list. The Kajani. knows that the Kajani moved to the south? Not even on the list. history? Not even on the list. The things that I've got on Do the you list remember? of things that we need to know about are things Do you that you remember where been... Captain Deuteronomy comes from? The South? The South, does he know? That doesn't ring any bells, but possibly. That was Lieutenant Mehmet told you that. And again, the things that are on the list are not Calibus-centric things. Hmm. These, so things like Captain Deuteronomy and his death, the box, what happened to our little... Daryl. Daryl, you know, where's he gone? Those things are trivial compared to the, the list of things that we've been given to deal with by people who are above us in terms of the, the pecking order within the town. Issues that have been raised Trivial by them. only from the, the, the information that you have at hand so far. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that means that from a, a collective point of view, we have to go out and sort out this. This is what we've agreed to do. Anything that we get that adds to these bits that we've got contractually are trivial. We can add that to those and that might bring us more clarity. For us to launch off for example, if we get back to Perbastet and explain this is what we found, the blood lake is because there's a blood elemental there. It's he's guarding a cavern in the ground. We don't know why, but we and here's a sample of the blood because what what the pallet courts after is really something like a sample of the blood, so they can say this is not 
something that we've done. It's not human blood. This is, you know, pretend blood, take it off to a chemist, get it analysed, all that kind of stuff. And that's what they can do with the information that we've given them. That's what you want to happen. And then we go off and go, well, what will we do now? Well, the GFA aren't going to give us a, a, you know, they've given us a, a, a contract, essentially. Well, they haven't, because now it's, it's going to be six days later. So what's happened in those six days? Yeah, but, but essentially, you know, that's the next thing that comes and what up. Happened, we've got, what happened to your benefactor in those six days? Yeah, where she disappeared to, what's happened to Mehmet? Our private eyes are going to be sitting there going, well, they disappeared in a hurry, isn't he? Didn't they? And so all of the other things like Captain Deuteronomy and the box becomes an individual rather than a collective issue to deal with. If we and if we sort of put them in order, and we would sort of go and take out all of the things that we've been told, like let's ignore the Tuscali invasion and let's ignore the chaos in the the court. What would we pick? And the answer is probably we would pick. That's that's the interesting question for me. What will you guys pick? Because I'm sitting there. Ekmanis has got his priorities. Odvik has got his priorities. Kalen's got his priorities. Elbrum. I'm I'm thinking not in terms of individuals. I'm thinking in terms of the group. And that, that's, that's the thing to me is what does your guys' egos in playing your characters, what will, for example, I think that Kalen, would, I think he that hates would, the fact that you guys are doing anything to do with the pilot court. And he's, he's very vocal about that, which yeah, is very interesting. Fine. Yeah, like, that's great. The scenario that I build is that we would go after the princess because she's missing. And as a collective group then we would look at that and go, that's the one that we'll pick. We will not take any individual... We've already done Elbrum's into the pyramid. We're probably not likely to do something that benefits an individual or that they need to resolve, no matter how well they argue it again. We will look at things that, if we had a choice, would be, yeah, what happened to the princess? She was the one that got us the house. She is the one that we've been working with. She is perhaps the most supportive of all of the people that we know for our group, and I think that that is where we would go. On the list of how that fits in with everything else that's going on, we walked away from her and were prepared to sacrifice her. I want to tell you so badly where things are going there, and yeah. I can't because no, that's, 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 okay. that's, that's, that's still too to big of a reveal in terms of... And I, they, won't I, I listen to the next, they won't listen to the next podcast if you tell them where that went. So the, the issue about... When we get back to the town to re-equip ourselves, then becomes one of, well, we're back at the town. You offer us some some grand scheme to to go off and do. Are we likely to take it? Unless it's going to give us a really, really good connection into someone that we need to know. The answer is, I can't see the group picking it up. I also can't see the group going back. I can't see them. You know, they, they'll probably say, yes, we said we'd go back. But there will be a discussion about we, who we, we are who supposed is to be there. The most charismatic later. out of you, because this well, is it's not interesting. This, this is not going to be a role. This is not, you guys having a conversation and making a decision. Because I'm not going to yeah. have this one come down to a role. And and I think that what's going to happen is we will get to that. We will get into that situation even within the role playing of who thinks it's the best place to go. It's at this point in time that I would like to have all of the stats of all of the people in front of me and. While you wouldn't play it as a role, you'd play it as a discussion. I actually would play it as a role. And, last, and interestingly, last night in the one-off that I played, we had this. We got down to a situation, and my paladin had a persuasion, like a raw figure of eighteen or something, and got beaten out on a roll by someone who had a raw figure of eight. And so 
you end up with a situation of we rolled it and then the paladin has to then explain why it is that he's following the other person to go down the path. In this particular situation, if it's going to be based on a discussion, it'll be who presents the best argument. And my guess is that the discussion that will be held once we get back to the town, I wouldn't participate in it. And again, that's probably cheating because I, I wouldn't participate in it because I think that I like you think the discussion will be interesting so I'm going to sit back and listen to it because I think it'll be fun this, this is the thing too is that at the end of the day the discussion for me like when you are having discussions with NPCs and stuff like this and someone might have a, a persuasion of 18 and another one might have an 8 this is where the dice comes in like there is passive and it comes down to in, in situations where you're trying to convince an, an NPC like there has got to be negatives as well as, as positives, and this is where the dice do come in. So yeah, you might have an 18, so basically that means your odds of having a positive result are much higher, but there is a, a situation where you roll shit. And if you roll shit, and the guy who's got 8 rolls good, this is just looking at the one who is less persuasive and being like, oh, and all of a sudden he's focused on this guy instead of the guy who tends to be more persuasive, and then it's like, well, how do you roleplay that and how do you interact with that? Yeah, so you've got that scenario and then you've got taking five individuals and saying who can put up the best argument as to why we should do this. And that sort of violates the laws of the game. It, it, well, it, it does too, because to you're, you're right, because at the end of the day, this is one of the things where this guy is, so we're going to listen to the guy who's ugly as sin and, and decide on his course of action. And there's no real answer to this too. No. We should make this clear that neither of us think that there's a... There will be opinions on both sides saying you should you should roll or you shouldn't roll. You should do it passively, whatever the case may be. And then there will, people that, and there will be people like myself and Elbrim who I think will probably not actively participate in the conversation, mm. which, again, you turn around and say, well, are we really role-playing it if we do that? Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it, it, it comes back to that question again of role play versus your statistics and how well you do do it and how often does that come in and, and especially does it come in when you're interacting within your own group and the tendency is that it doesn't because you want to keep your group dynamic working and if yeah. they are against each other because their abilities should be against each other, then... How do you role play that as staying in character and keep that group dynamic together? And that is a huge, huge challenge. Like critical role, they do it really, they do it really well. And I think we saw this Akmenis, was it Akmenis last night, who is totally against the pellet court, is Kalen is a totally Kalen, sorry, Kalen of vampires. So we had one of those when you you went off into a separate channel, and as soon as you went off into a separate channel, there's a sort of like. I hope you guys aren't being offended because I'm playing hardball on being Kale and he hates them. This is, you know, I'm not trying to be an arsehole. I'm just playing the part that I'm playing. Which is interesting that after three games, four games of having to be a pain in the ass, he's starting to apologise for having to be a pain in the ass for doing an incredibly good job at exactly what he's supposed to be doing. And so a group of good players recognising that will stay together. And I think that that's when you get a group that it's works a challenge, as a though. cohesive it's a thing. Challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And you, it's because the people understand that's where he's coming from and that, and that he's doing what it is that he's supposed to do. And when we talk about what's going to happen from his point of view, 
the sooner he's rid of the pallet court, the happier he'll be. So it's, yes, you know, what will he want to do? I imagine he'd want to go straight back, get rid of them, and never talk to them again. And, and the thing is, too, is, is at the end of the day, he's, this is the thing about playing a paladin. You've got your oaths. And yeah. if you are violating your oaths, and this is one of the things that I should Tears be more abreast of, you lose your abilities. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's one of the things, like, for example, like Menace is a paladin as well. If, is he violating his, I forget which type he is, you know, it's hard for me to stay on top of that. And I, I think maybe I, I need to do like one of the messages of the days or, or something like this at the beginning and saying, remember, you have to role play your oaths. I can't stay on top of it for you. You have to let me know. And I mean, realistically, if you are violating your oath, don't power game this. Realize that you are not doing what it is and do the, the right thing, which and the right thing is, is that you would start losing some of your abilities because of that. Because it's really hard for me to stay on top of all the characters and their abilities. It's, interesting. And... it's an interesting ask, isn't it? To, yeah. it, it? You know you are being bad. I want you to go out and punish yourself. Yes. Well, it, it, and that's just it. Like the thing is, is it's either me being on top of the players and knowing that you're violating your oaths, or you have to be aware. Uh, like Kalen is, is aware, and he's very clearly trying to play. This is against my oaths. I, this, I struggle with this. I don't want to do this. And the other one, he's got his oath. What are the violations? And like I can't, like I said, I can't remember what kind of paladin you are. I can't remember what your oaths are. And me to be checking on the characters. I, I don't. I want to focus on the story, not on policing the characters. And it's interesting too because you, we we now step into a whole this this group being particularly good at, at role playing. You can give them the responsibility of punishing themselves, and all you have to do is say. If you think that you've stepped outside of your oath, then you, this is what you have to do. And just leave it with them to decide. Like the reminder tells you what the repercussions will be. And I, and I guess that is the voice in your head, if it was real, that would be saying, this is really bad. And they would bring up in the conversation, hang on a minute, if I continue down this path, this is what will happen to me. And then you get this this dynamic that comes into the group where... The group has to decide, are we going to let one of our paladins destroy himself because we drag them off and in, this is exactly in, it down, because down the wrong path? Kalen is, is playing this up to the point of saying, you know, I, I think he's very clearly saying that I'm going down a road where, maybe not very clearly, but at least role-playing it up, that I'm going down a road that could have some dire consequences I don't on think, me. I don't know that he's actually put the two together. I think that what no? he's yeah, and I, I and the point that you bring up, I think, is that is that people know that they're not supposed to do this, but do the players know what the consequences are, or do they continue to role play this position of this is what I must do? I don't think that he knows what the consequences are. I think that he knows this is what he must do as a player. I think if they are both reminded of these are the consequences, and you need to decide when you cross the line. I would not be surprised if that was a message. If you if you sent a message to Kalen and said these are the consequences of it, he would look at it and go, "At the next possible opportunity, I'm going to make it abundantly clear that if I continue down this path, I will lose my ability to do whatever." Yeah. And and he will make that known to the group that he can he could probably do this for a day or two, but already the sensation the loss of power is already starting to impact him. And that's going to create a massive amount of chaos because when we get to the town, All of a sudden throw, you, you throw that in 
yeah, you throw that in when we get back to the town and say, oh, you know, they want you to go off and rescue Mary Gafoops out there in the swampland. Kalen's got this issue about the pallid court and all the stuff that we've done and that he needs to be rid of it. It needs to be over and done with. He must go back to town and tell these people so that they no longer have an impact in his life. He does not want the pallid court being something that sits in the back of his mind. And also the oath thing, you know, he has an oath that he has to deal with and he has made this commitment to the pallid court to fulfil this contract. Whichever way he goes, he loses. He's torn both ways. So he has, he has that. His loyalties are being shredded in four different directions. And that's the, the crux is that if you are a player that cares about staying in character, then these are things that, that you would... Playing a paladin becomes really, really difficult. Staying true to your oaths. And yeah, I don't know if that, op, that often happens where people are really doing that because th- that's just it, self-checking. I don't think they do. I, I, I totally understand where I'm just like, you go to do your divine smite and you smash into the creature and your divine smite does not work. Now, as a DM, I loved being able to go and, and be able to say that, but that does mean that I must be on top of their character sheets and must be, you are violating your oaths. Mm. And it's a crux for me. You know, do I want to be on top of their character sheets? But at the same time, as a story element, it is so good and so rich. I, I debate it. it. it I, I, and I guess as the story element, is it one of those things that you lead into by saying, you know, you wake up the next morning and you feel strange? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then you'd lead into it and, and hope that they twig that this is what's happening. Yeah. Or is it one of those things that you just simply remind them of or, or simply let happen and they go, the divine smite. I can see the scenario where the divine smite doesn't work and then you have a, an argument about law and rules of the game and you can't do this. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> and, know, and, and, to me... And, and that is... And whether you want we, we, that to come... like I, I would imagine well, that if you were losing your power as a paladin, it would be a gradual thing. You it would, would be feel a it thing. coming, you would yep. know what it is, yep. and you would recognize yep. it yep. As, as for what it is that you'd... Or you would hope that you'd recognize it. But yes, yeah. no, I, and you're right. Like, it, And we have encountered that situation already once where one of the new guys was like, oh, wait a minute, can they do that? And like they were... Clearly they had an idea of what that NPC could do. And I was like, yes, they can. And then they just were like, oh, okay, this is a situation where he's changed something, so just let it go. And yes, that, that's just it. You might have, this is the, the, the beauty of, as a host, as being a DM, you can change things, and you should change things in order to make the, what you're doing more rich. To try to, like for example, everybody's aware that werewolves are, I mean, and it would be common knowledge, I think, in almost most settings that werewolves would have some, or were creatures would have some, be vulnerable to silver. And because of that, people can come into a situation and like, I'm going to silver all my weapons, silver all my weapons. And you could let them do that because you know that they're, they're doing that because they're aware that if they encounter a lycanthrope, they're prepared for it. Mm. Or you can sit there and say, the lycanthropes are different. And... It's up, it's up to you and whether or not they accept that or not. I mean, the, the point it, to me is, is you want, it's not about trying to screw the players over for the sake of screwing the players over. It's about trying to make the story as rich as possible. Or at least that's, that's to me, what it is. And, 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 and we, have done, uh, we have done that. There have been situations where you have to think about what it is that happens. You hit something, what you expect to happen doesn't happen. And we've done this where we have had 
situations where the the strike doesn't do the damage you expect it to do, so you do something different. If if the players continue to strike at it, if that's if the only solution they have is to do what they've done before that doesn't work successfully, that really is a situation where you end up with an argument. So you, I agree with you entirely. The, a, a DM should change things up all the time. If for no other reason than just to keep the players on their toes, but really it does add a huge amount of interest to it. You can't to walk into it. I see absolutely no reason why you would walk into a game knowing what the outcome is going to be. Or like the very first time I encounter a mummy, I don't even think about it. Burn, 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 burn. Now, does common sense say burn it? Or is it be, as I know that mummies are vulnerable to fire? Am I coming in and trying to burn it because I have that awareness? So here's yeah. the thing, and this, this comes down to, again, to me, is like what would be common knowledge or not? How pre- prevalent are mummies in this world that people have encountered that they would know that there would be some common knowledge that if you encounter a mummy, you better have fire ready to burn. So, you know, you, you have to weigh those decisions. And, I mean, it, it, is, it is a challenge. It is a challenge. But at the end of the day, like, to me, again, the story is everything. And, and to that end, I... I started as a player again on Tuesday. I, I rejoined playing as a player with the DM Nalki. Yeah. Because the issues that I had previously where I left, I mean, they're gone. So, and I wanted to play. I haven't had a chance to play in Sleeper Island. There's nobody that's running sessions at my time. So I wanted to play. And there's something about just being a character and just staying in that character and, and that. So I created a bugbear and I gave him a Spanish accent. Oh, no. <laughs> so he's like, hello, I am Tatooine. And, you know, rolling the R's. And this is my bow, Whisper. Whisper, say hello. Hello. <laughs> and the, the guys were just like, um, did your bow just say hello? He's like, yes, yeah, she said hello. But your mouth moved. Well, of course, she doesn't really talk. <laughs> and so I just went into this thing and I was just having a blast. And, and, and Nolke was after he's like, oh, that was, it was, it was a pretty good session. And I, I just role played the shit out of it. The other guys were, um, you're, you're just staying in character, just stay in character. And I was like, yeah, it's, I try to stay in character as much as possible. Even when I'm responding, when I'm like, I am going to do this, I will do it in the, the voice of Tatooine. So just, I don't know, to keep, to keep the immersion there. And that's, to me, that's fun. I did, uh, last night I, I I did a voice. I decided. I'd did do, you? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. As I thought, Paladin, I'll do the pompous twat. So I did the, the nice. pompous twat. I had to keep dropping in and out of it after about four hours. It's tiring. Yeah, yeah, and especially when it's when you start at eight p.m. and you yeah. know it does. Like the people that are so into it that they'll play a game at two o'clock in the morning and then you know go to work. <sighs> wow. Yeah, I don't know how that works. That's. I mean, you do what you do for your hobby. Good for you. That's challenging. I can't do that. But anyways, I think we should probably wrap there that up go. there. It yep. Long session. Okay. People of the interwebs, until next time. Thanks. Hello, good people of the interwebs. This episode is now done, dusted, and finished. I do hope you enjoyed it. And I'll be back in just one week.